Hey, welcome to Temple of Geeks Who Review, a Doctor Who-inspired podcast for fans of the long-running British science fiction television series. I'm your host, Nathaniel, a.k.a. Doc in the Box. And I'm your host, Elizabeth, a.k.a. Lady of Time Cosplay. We are massive Doctor Who fans, and we're here to talk about all things Doctor Who. Throughout our series, we'll be discussing the latest episodes, the classic series, spin-offs, news, cosplay, and everything in between. We'll also be bringing you interviews with people who have worked in and around the series, behind-the-scenes information, and all sorts of other Doctor Who-related fun. So whether you're a longtime fan or just getting started, we hope you'll enjoy us for the ride. Today we're going to talk about, I think, both the 60th anniversary stuff, because we got a new trailer this week, and some cosplay stuff, because we're both cosplayers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, first, we're going to start off with news. Yeah. So, entries for Big Finish's 2023 Paul Sprague Memorial Short Trip Opportunity are now open. In memory of Paul Sprague, a producer's assistant, podcaster, and editor at Big Finish who sadly passed away in 2014, the company holds a contest for new writers who haven't gotten a chance to work with them yet. Big Finish's executive producer, Nicholas Briggs, explained the competition and its purpose, quote, It's a bittersweet time of year when we announce our annual Paul Sprague Memorial Writers Opportunity. There's the sadness concerning the loss of Paul, who was one of our most valued colleagues, taken from this life at far too young an age. But then there's the joy of remembering his unswerving dedication to Big Finish and his boundless positivity. Perhaps most importantly, there's the enthusiastic encouragement he always gave to potential new contributors, which is the reason why this competition was set up in his name. Here's to Paul and all the brilliant writers yet to come. This year, entrants are asked to submit story ideas for either the first, fourth, fifth, sixth or eighth doctors and the stories can be set at any point in the doctor's life from an unearthly child forward more guidelines and the previous year's winners audios and scripts can be found on the big finishes website uh, and other big finish news uh if everyone likes freebies i like freebies yeah. <laughs> uh doctor who audio drama company big finish has announced that over the next few months they will be releasing stories from their back catalog for free uh each free episode will only be available for a week to download but it's a great way for new listeners to discover a range that they may be interested in hearing more of um listeners only need to create a free big finish account and download the free uh, big finish app your downloads will remain free after uh, after you download so mm-hmm. once that week's gone it's still yours forever yeah. uh, these episodes will also be accompanied by sales on the release date for the free story just keep your eye out for more freebies from big finish coming soon usually they don't just do their doctor who stories for free but i'm sure they'll you know torchwood some of their originals i know they do a lot of gary anderson audios which is not something i'm familiar with but that's you know i guess another cult sci-fi classic in the uk so they do a lot of fun stuff outside of just doctor who all right and like we're going to talk about there is a new trailer and we finally have episode names for the 60th anniversary just before the start of the eurovision finals a new trailer for the upcoming special celebrating doctor who's 60th anniversary was unveiled Alongside new footage, the titles of the specials were revealed. The Star Beast, Wild Blue Yonder, and The Giggle. It is a weird name, but I can't It wait. is. So I was thinking about it, and I'm like, all right, so they're really good at making us scared of, like, really normal things in Doctor Who. Are we now going to be afraid of laughing? <laughs> that was more of a, a Moffat thing, though, I think. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Interestingly, the trailer does seem to be made up of a lot of our first official look at footage that was shot in public last year. From what may be the Doctor and Donna's first meeting after all these years to Neil Patrick Harris's character dancing with the Doctor admits some chaos on the streets. Much like the teaser trailers pointing to this trailer's release, there is some interference and glitching with the footage in parts, specifically in the part of the trailer where Donna asks the Doctor where they are. 
Showrunner Russell T. Davis had this to say about the trailer's release. Quote, the titles are just the beginning of the Doctor's biggest adventure yet. Autumn is coming with three hours of danger, Donna, and disaster about to be unleashed. End quote. Which is... <laughs> so I guess that is confirmation that they're one-hour episodes or thereabouts. Probably. And yeah. we do have costume news after this, but I think this is a good time to for us to discuss the 60th yeah. and these episode titles. The Star Beast is very interesting because uh, it looks like Beep the Meep is making its first television appearance that yes. I'm aware of. Yeah. Uh, but... Also, the name The Star Beast is interesting because there was the fourth Doctor. I think it was a comic series, Doctor Mm -hmm. Who and the Star Beast, which is about Beep the Meep falling from space to Earth. And I don't know if it's retelling that story with the 10th Doctor or or what it is. I mean, I don't know exactly what the timeline was between when the 60th stuff was happening and when they made the deal with Disney. But if Donna does not call Beep the Meep Baby Yoda... (laughs) <laughs> I think that's a missed opportunity because it definitely one Donna would definitely call Grogu baby Yoda for the rest of forever because that's who she is I feel like and she would definitely call Beep the Meep baby Yoda like if the Disney stuff happened before Russell like started oh you know too much work on the 60th I I wouldn't be shocked if he just like was like what's the most baby Yoda looking creature in Doctor Who that actually predates, you know, baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever. Yeah. Cuz that's just immediately what I thought when I saw the trailer the first time. Yeah, and it's actually the I think I said the Galactic Warriors, it's the mm-hmm. Wrath Warrior is uh the police force yeah. there specifically to yeah. deal with the chaotic meeps. Big Finish does do comic book adaptations in the past and it does look like one of the ones that they have done in their comic strip adaptations is Beep the Meep. So you can check that out too. Yeah. Doctor Who and the Star Beast is one of those. That's fun. I'm going to have to check that out. Hopefully that's one of the ones maybe they'll do a freebie or a sale on. Because of relevancy. Relevancy. (laughs) Yes. I'm curious. I'm actually, I am curious to see if it is a retelling or if it's something completely different or if it is a retelling, if it goes back into my whole thing of like, maybe this isn't actually the 10th doctor. Someone is messing with them, making them (laughs) relive certain experiences. But we also, from what I recall, I think we got our first on-screen look at Rose too. Mm -hmm. Even though briefly. she, She might've been in the first trailer. What I think we, we, we get a very brief glimpse because we saw, I think in the first trailer, there's a little bit of Beep the Meep talking to Rose, which I, I love the little like E.T. reference in the trailer that we saw this week. I was like, <laughs> the little oh, stuffed animals and everything. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> it wasn't until um, I looked it up because I didn't remember. I knew Rose was a new companion and mm-hmm. everything came out out of order. I thought Rose was going to be Shooty's companion. Then I said... Yeah. Uh, she was going to be with 10. And then they said Donna was going to be with 10. And all I saw were Donna and 10 things everywhere. So I didn't know where she fit in. Yeah. It wasn't until recently that uh, I realized that her official name is Rose Temple Noble. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I guess this is Donna's daughter. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't usually go looking for set news. But when the whole news about David and, and Catherine coming back 
happened. And, you know, then like, I think within the next 24 hours, they were outside filming. I I was looking at that. When I was doing some Twitter snooping, it did sound like people who were there watching the filming did hear Rose say, you know, mom to Donna, which I was like, oh, Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't see that one or didn't hear that one. Yeah, no, I like I said, I don't usually go looking for set photos because I don't I don't want spoilers, but I was just so excited about David and Catherine coming back that I wanted to know absolutely everything, at least from the first couple of days of filming. And of We're course, in an interesting uh, position too. Yeah. Oh, like I, I, I feel you. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to be spoiled. I don't want to go out there, but I also want to see all the costumes yes, right away. Exactly. And and also we have like, you know, we want to report Doctor Who news, mm-hmm. so we kind of have to be in in yeah. the midst of it for you know, y'all. Because <laughs> one of the other things that I, they've talked about it, but they haven't shown them in the trailers, is that Bernard Cribbins will be back as Wilfred Mott, 60th stuff too, um, for his, his last television role before he sadly passed away. Um, but we haven't seen him in any of the trailers yet, but he, he was spotted on set filming yeah. and which is very exciting. And I'm sure I'm going to cry when he shows up. <laughs> like he, even, even if Bernard Cribbins hadn't sadly passed away, I probably would have cried because I, I love that. Like it, I'm just, I'm just happy that Wilf is going to get to know that the doctor is okay. Yeah. So, cause I, I kept, I honestly kept waiting for big finish to do something with Wilf and like a, a doctor past 10. He was in one of the more recent 10th Doctor box sets, the volume three of the 10th Doctor Adventures. He's he's in an episode with 10, Donna, and Sylvia, where it, it's, it's structured like it's a home renovation show, but like a haunted home renovation show. <laughs> it's a very good episode. They did a very, very good job. I mean, Big Finish usually does very good work, but um, it's very and- good. It wasn't until you mentioned it that I thought of this too, which does does actually comfort me with Tennant being the doctor in this aspect, is that Wilfred doesn't just get to know that the doctor's okay. Wilfred gets to know that his doctor is yes. okay. He sees a familiar face and that's probably going to make him cry. And it's mm-hmm. probably going to make me cry because he's crying. Everybody will cry. <laughs> we'll have a new Wilfred not crying <laughs> gif that everybody will use on on Twitter. (laughs) Before his passing, I honestly wanted them just in my little like fan fantasies of things, have like a one-off thing where we had like a grumpy old man in the TARDIS where it was like 12 Wilfred and Graham all together. Oh my gosh. That would have been amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Graham and Wilf would be such good friends. I I had been waiting for them to bring Wilf back in any capacity on the show or big finish and a story set after end of time because i was just like i want wilfred to know that the doctor's okay (laughs) i i really don't know much more past that donna's husband is in it too because that actor was seen on set as well um sean temple sean temple is Mm -hmm. back there's all sorts of rumors for other stuff too but i'm just like i don't want (laughs) to look too far into it because i don't want to because i'm always caught when there's like rumors of stuff i'm always like i don't want to get my hopes up but also like how cool and how great would that be you know of of various other characters that are rumored to come back well you Um, only some rumors or some confirmations are also not very well explained or they're not uh they 
they hype it up more than it would be. We'll say for um, I want to say it was Matt Smith for Series Nine. There was some news that oh Matt Smith signed on for Series Nine. It was Capaldi's first first mm-hmm. season, but like oh Matt Smith has confirmed signed on for Series Nine. Yeah. He was for like 30 seconds in a phone call and that was it. So like (laughs) that was like the stupidest leak too, because they played his audio so loud when they were filming. Granted, I had completely forgotten about it until I was like sitting there watching the episode and I saw the phone call and I was like, suddenly remembered like hearing about that filming day. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) you know, (laughs) yeah, I know. Like, like I said before, I'm, I'm very interested to see, how much of the outdoor filming was a distraction from other things mm-hmm. um, that might have been filmed, not necessarily outside, you know, but a lot of the trailer that we saw, especially this week, was either glimpses of scene we'd already of stuff we'd already seen in previous trailers or stuff that they filmed outside that fans already kind of know about, like Neil Patrick Harris, like, you know, the scene where the doctor runs into Donna kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of room for surprises. I just don't want to get my hopes up too bad for anything specific, no matter well, what the rumors are. The second special, Wild Blue Yonder, it seems like from the the footage, if you match like the lighting and the aesthetic of all the glitching, it feels like all the glitching is coming from the Wild Blue Yonder episode, in my opinion, mm-hmm. which could lead into what I said before. Maybe it's all a trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go. I'm going to die by that until it happens or until I'm disappointed, which I'll just accept it. But still. But yeah, it they are always glitching on that. And I don't know if that's part of that episode or if that's just part of how they're hyping up. If yeah. it is like a f- lost footage thing or found footage thing or if it's uh, in something and the computer computer glitched to like a different scenario like without them knowing or what's going on with that. Because a little bit of one of the newer scenes that we saw was the doctor looking at, at some TV screens that it looks like whoever Neil Patrick is, Harris's character is, be that the, the toy maker or, you know, whoever else. Um, so that, that could be a very good theory that there's something weird going on with the tv screens so now russ will make us afraid of watching tv i already kind of had that with the weeping angels (laughs) (laughs) which does like lead us into the giggle um Mm -hmm. because again someone is messing with the doctor (laughs) yeah so i don't know if it's all related with that and if i am right in that but you obviously know my opinion that maybe 10 isn't actually 10 maybe it has been shooty the entire time and whether it's a celestial toy maker or someone else or someone brand new maybe they've just been messing with the doctor from the moment of regeneration and that's why 10 had brand new clothes when they were yeah. <laughs> generated. Yeah, I don't know. I would have killed to see David Tennant in Jody's outfit. Oh my God. That would have That's been so how fun. it especially, should be. Especially because his legs are so much longer. Like those capris would definitely be like shorts. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's how it should be. That's how it has been. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I know. But uh, I can't wait to see. Especially, I'm very excited to see what Neil Patrick Harris's character is. Like, very much Celestial Toymaker vibes. I haven't actually watched those episodes, but, like, kind of the aesthetic that his character has, especially in that first uh, picture that we saw of him, which was apparently Neil taking a selfie in in costume, (laughs) and he sent it to Russell. (laughs) Because they they knew that they were going to be filming outside the next day, so they're like, "Well, we gotta say something," you know, ahead yeah. of time. But like, my mom, she's seen a couple episodes of Doctor Who. She, when I told her that Neil Patrick Harris was going to be it, she's like, "I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it." <laughs> Which is exciting, and what I think is fun about the the guest cast that they've been get that they're able to get. I don't know if it's through virtue of Russell T Davis and all the work that he's done. since he last worked on Doctor Who or how much of it is also like the connections they now have because they're working with Disney but yes it's very exciting maybe we'll get a little bit of Neil Patrick Harris singing which would be very exciting really hope we get some Jonathan I really thought Jonathan Groff was going to be part of the kind of 60s musical-ish episode that that seems to be being teased like I just want some Doctor Who musical I don't care what episode it's in or who's in it I want a musical that's not the Gunslingers, because everybody's like, oh, The Gunslingers is a musical. I'm like, is it though? <laughs> the need one, I forget what who the the enemy was, or demon, or whatever, but I remember they had something like that in Buffy back in the day, yeah. where there was a musical episode because something had taken over everyone, and all they can do was sing. <laughs> yep. There's even a musical episode of The Flash. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the last special, the TV screens, though, it reminded me very much of like Saw. Like, would you like to play a game? <laughs> what? I don't like horror. It's so bad. But you're familiar yeah, with like, uh, the little yes. puppet yeah. and like the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it had it was that type of feeling to me when I saw the little face on the screens. But yeah, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with it, and yeah. these all might be connected because maybe again someone is just messing with the doctor and yeah that's what's going on but i don't know the the one that i feel like they might not be if i'm wrong which i probably am gonna be <laughs> the first one the star beast seems the least likely to be some type of ploy on the doctor however with all the new uh, old characters coming in and with this storyline potentially being reused or repurposed i feel like it really might i feel like that it could be some type of of game against the doctor yeah and i'm interested to see because like you said like the like you said the star beast is something that beep the meep is in but then like beep the meep is very is kind of like the main featured kind of thing in the the portion of the trailer that we're all assuming is footage from the giggle you know where donna pokes him in the eye and he goes, what? What the hell? <laughs> the little, the little ET esque scene there was very cute. At least so far, they're doing a really, really good job of continuing to hype this thing up. That's not happening for another what four or five months. Well, an um, official note from BBC, and I know we we're talking about last episode where we didn't have anything that officially stated a time, like not timeline, numbers for the doctors. There actually is a note: uh, Doctor Who returns in tw- November 2023 with three special episodes with David Tennant as the 14th Doctor to oh. coincide with the 60th anniversary, and then Shooty Gatwa's first episode as the 15th Doctor will will air over the festive period. 
Yeah. So we won't so. see Shooty until roughly around Christmas, it looks mm-hmm. like. Yeah, which at least there's not a huge cat because it does seem like they're trying to kind of reduce the amount of time that we have to deal with it gaps. Like this is definitely like a huge gap. It's it's going to be over a year since the last episode of Doctor Who by the time we get the 60th anniversary stuff because Jody's last episode was in October last year. So I'm glad that they're kind of shortening that, even if that does also mean it, it, I forget where I saw it, but it does sound like it's less episodes this season too. I think they mm-hmm. said, I want to say eight is what I saw, but I can't remember where I saw that. So that with a grain of salt, but you know, that I'm, I'm glad that there's not going to be a huge gap in between whatever these specials are and, and shooting out was first, first episode. So do we know when his, cause I actually hadn't looked that up. Do we know when his, um, first episode debut is going to be I do not the I festive mean, one right. but like the actual series I don't think anything is said I would guess the spring but I'm sure that's very dependent on all sorts of things I mean like I, I don't know how much Disney is going to have a say in when stuff comes out I, I think what I've heard is the spring but I don't think mm. there's been any official word about that so like i said last week 12 is my favorite doctor but david Tennant is one of my favorite actors so excited (laughs) cannot wait getting into shooty should we go into Mm -hmm. our last bit of news and then yeah so after we've you know talked all about the 60th stuff but one one other little piece of news so after last week's reveal that jonathan groff will be joined the cast with shooty got was first series as the doctor doctor who social media revealed a first look at his character and the just gorgeous new looks for himself, for the Doctor, and for Ruby Sunday. The episode appears to be set in the Regency area, and the post was captioned with the cryptic words, Dress to impress and beware the Duchess. Those outfits are (laughs) just... So gorgeous. Like, again, not that I disliked the costumes in the 13th Doctor era, but there has not been a costume in the 13th Doctor eras apart from her iconic look that I have been really that interested in making as a cosplay, but I desperately want to make that dress that Ruby (laughs) is wearing. And I apologize in advance for how many times I'm going to call her Ruby Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, is is Russell aware that there's a chain of restaurants or at least used to be a chain of restaurants (laughs) in the United States called Ruby Tuesday? I don't know, but that was the first thing I thought too, when I heard the name. I'm like, I'm going to call her Ruby Tuesday so many times. (laughs) It is such a gorgeous dress. I just, I wish that when they would do these like looks at costumes, I'm like, just please. Can I have a picture of the back of the dress? (laughs) That's a cosplayer's dream right Uh, there is the back view Mm -hmm. because you only ever see the front. So you kind of just have to guess on what the details are going to be. Exactly. Especially because like at first I was like, well, maybe the back of the dress is just like normal. But then I think it was Millie who posted the picture first because I hadn't seen it anywhere else before she posted it where it's kind of like one of these like three quarter views. And you can tell Mm -hmm. that there's like a kind of the sleeve isn't completely covered in that kind of Swiss dot overlay. It's kind of got like it kind of crisscrosses and you see a bit of the yellow without anything over it and so i'm like oh the back of the dress probably has something weird on it too (laughs) and so i'm caught between i mean unless unless they like announce some doctor who guests for new york comic-con i probably wouldn't make it for new york comic-con i'd make it for gallifrey one but i'm like 
they probably wouldn't give me a shot at the back of the dress before Gallifrey one either. <laughs> <laughs> unless they do like something in, in Doctor Who magazine or they, you know, unless that's part of the trailer that comes out. But I'm like, I just want to make that dress right now. But I want to know what the back of it looks like. But it's it's so gorgeous. It it reminded me to, I mean, it's a completely different era but it reminded me like a lot of Belle's dress from Beauty and the Beast too because it's like this beautiful yellow dress and she's got her hair up I'm like oh I'm like I'm, I, I want to make that one I want to make her 60s outfit <laughs> I appreciate a woman with strong eyebrows <laughs> <laughs> I remember back when Jody's outfit was first revealed everyone was rushing to like make it and so forth yes. and then because it was like I think like I want to say less than a week before Long Island who happened <laughs> And people yeah. still put it together in time. People still put it together, but the the biggest like I, it, whether you're accurate or not, is is irrelevant. If you're cosplaying mm-hmm. a character, you're cosplaying the character. But the biggest thing that people like were like, "Oh my gosh, I made this error." Was not a lot of people realized that she had a vent in the back of her coat. Vent um, pain in her rear end. <laughs> and I just I... remember people panicking, <laughs> trying to fix their coats to add a slit in it (laughs) let me tell you i both that coat and romana's the the coat that i made from actually the outfit she's wearing on my shirt both of them have lined vents and let me tell you i even though i have been sewing since 2012 2013 lined vents like i have a i have one tutorial that i understand for lined vents and i only barely understand how it works i'm like lined vents and pants are witchcraft as far as i'm concerned because i cannot wrap my head around the geometry of them (laughs) i'm like watch there be like some sort of like train or bustle or something weird on the back of that dress but i'm like oh like you were talking about there wasn't anything that stood out to you for for jody's run like oh i have to do this yeah but i felt like a lot of and no no offense to jody or or the costume designer or anything like that yeah but i felt like i'm sure part of its budget too you know possibly they got got crazy disney money now i mean (laughs) this is like what the fourth look we've seen for shooting out with doctor exactly what i was gonna go into like we don't know what his actual look is we have the reveal one which everything was off the rack we have like the 70s like the the leather coat one Mm -hmm. Uh, we have the yeah the 60s episode yeah I don't know if you call it mod or whatever, yeah. but that outfit, those that those two looks are are great on both of them. Like, yeah, jeez. And then we have the Regency looks, and I know Ray Holman isn't doing the costuming anymore. It's Pam down now, but mm-hmm. it almost looks like Shooty's coat is made out of the same velvet that they used for the Twelfth Doctor, and yeah. I'm not sure if it's the same velvet or not, but. It, it's yeah, given it, off the that vibe of color. <laughs> it, it was funny too because when I first looked at it, it, it almost looked purple to me when I first saw it, and so I thought, "I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Doctor Zone's coat." And I even added one of the the writers for for Milo Murphy's Law, and he's like, "Oh my god, yeah." And I, I didn't realize it was red until much later because <laughs> I was just like, "It looks purple," and if you're not like zoomed in on it, it does look a little bit purple. But well, yeah, it's kind of got the that burgundy and feel. Yeah, the Doctor in Velvet, I think, is just, like, a staple at this point. It is, like, every Doctor should be in Velvet at least once, at probably. At some point, yeah. <laughs> the third Doctor really sold it on us. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. And I, I noticed, too, I don't know if anybody else noticed, but if you look, he's got a ponytail. 
Yeah, I did see it. <laughs> uh, it's not very long, like uh, like almost like like Gaston almost. <laughs> I was thinking more of uh, mainly because they look so high class and elegant. I was yeah. thinking more of like uh, some type of musician or composer mm-hmm. or yeah or something like that. Again, like you said, no disrespect to previous eras or anything, but my goodness, like the costumes in this era are just absolutely just so many already gorgeous and it is so exciting and yeah i just i I love ruby's dress like i i am going to have to make that dress i'm just gonna have to make sure i buy like extra fabric and not trim my seams too close so i can fix it (laughs) you know oddly enough my favorite look so far on shooty has been the open shirt with the tie around it, that look, when he's like, somebody tell me what the hell is going yes. on here. I'm like, that is a look right there. Yeah, I know. That look right there, I'm like, ooh, I like this. <laughs> I do, I do have, uh, looking at the picture again, reminded me, um, I do have a friend who, she is very much into these costume dramas and everything. Um, and she pointed out to me that Ruby and the doctor's outfits look very period correct, but she says there's something just not, exactly right with Jonathan Groff's character. And she's like, I don't know if that's going to be like a plot point or something. And I said, well, given kind of like the, the captions and the weird, you know, like way that stuff has been phrased around his character, probably, you know, well, like she, I, she didn't say exactly what it was, but she said it, his, his costume is not exactly it right. It doesn't look right. For the era. Yeah. Yeah. And I know exactly what she's talking about because yeah. I saw that and like, why does he have an, open chest shirt like Mm -hmm. why does he not have something like why is it not tied or why does he not have like an ascot tucked it like it's very um i just got home from work and leave me alone type look (laughs) (laughs) like it that's to me what stood out to me i don't know if your friends thought the same thing uh, if that was it but yeah it didn't look as uh as proper Mm -hmm. as it should like i've kind of said before too i the continuing theme of like, this is the doctor's biggest challenge ever. (laughs) It's kind of annoying and weird. I think, you know, I'm like, I think we can figure out a way to say, this is a very serious problem that the doctor is going to say without, this is the biggest one ever. I'm like, just like new threat or yeah, there's a new threat or new enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing has to be the top. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Not everything is a Daleks. (laughs) Right. I'm sure it's a marketing thing, whatever. But, you know, between Jonathan's character and... um, Jinx Monsoon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that costume's gorgeous, too. Well, yeah. And with the the, the piano keys Mm -hmm. and everything, the only thing I I personally don't like is the the hairstyle, but that's me. Yeah. Mainly because it reminds me of, of uh, Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, I had that thought too. <laughs> but I mean, may, it could be something to, with the character that's completely mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I get it. But just the first thing I thought of was Hocus Pocus. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, this outfit is just yeah. amazing from yes. the, the, the fishnets on, mm-hmm. on the arms to just everything draping and the piano keys everywhere. Yeah. Even the boots laced up to i don't even know how high they go but those boots be laced forever it looks like (laughs) (laughs) yeah just the costumes are so gorgeous and like i just definitely at least either this regency era dress or i also really love ruby's 60s outfit one of at least one or both of those is getting made in time for gallifrey one because those are some gorgeous looks i think the only thing that's gonna 
might slightly sway me in the direction of the 60s outfit as I do not know what I would do for the hair <laughs> for the well, Regency one. A wig for, for sure. For the Regency, okay. Yeah. It's like all curly and anything with like the exposed hairline is always tricky because, and, and an updo because like exposed hairline where you, you've kind of got it pulled back a bit. Usually you want a lace front, but then also if there's a updo in the back, then you also want a ponytail wig. And Arda has a lace front ponytail wig, but it's like $150. So, well, because this is going to get into like the uh, making cosplay side of things, but like lace front wigs are expensive because there is no automation for tying lace front wigs. Like that is done by hand. So that's why they are expensive, but, but they look really good because you can glue the hairline down and it looks more natural than the hard front wigs. But that's all <laughs> the best wigs that i've seen oddly enough for doctor who cosplay have been amy pond wigs mm-hmm. uh, just because of the the way the hairline is like just parted in the middle so you don't have to worry about like the yeah. hairline being pulled back or anything mm-hmm. and they all look like very almost very natural yeah, yeah. I, I do believe uh, i don't remember if we have it on the the temple of geek website but there's a number of of cosplay references yes. on templeofgeek.com where you can find either cosplay guides or the actual items mm-hmm. that they use for the show like the ruby sunday her debut outfit for i this, was gonna say yeah you guys have a couple right of those here, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah that information is available on templeofgeek.com and if it's not available for sale at least you know what to look for online whether it be through depop minted poshmark or ebay or whatever venue you're you're looking into yeah and then to you know you can if you know like the style of stuff too a lot of times because i remember seeing so many rainbow stripe shirts come out after 13's outfit was revealed and after her episode started coming out that i don't think anybody like the, the, the just like they were like oh this is a thing let's make some you know so you ha- you know kind of what to keep an eye out for in the colors so hopefully you know maybe we'll see some more her universe versions of things too which would be nice as well so the her was, universe co is actually quite nice it is nice yeah it's very nice it is not screen accurate in the right. least bit yeah. but it it <laughs> passes like a number of check check marks mm. and if you're interested in that coat and the differences between that coat and the screen accurate coat <laughs> referencing referencing templegeek.com again yeah. we did a very thorough article uh, on that coat, like a number of my bullet points and opinions and Monica's as well, as far as like why we thought it was a good coat and how terrific it was, but where it was separate from the screen accurate coat, even still, it looks amazing on anybody. And that coat is terrific. And I'm yeah. jealous that her universe gave 13 Dr. Cosplayers everything up front off a rack when as a 12th doctor cosplayer uh, or 11th doctor or 10th doctor or whatever doctor you had to either make it yourself uh have it tailored by someone or you had to fight for your life to try and find items and yeah. y'all had it easy i'm jealous <laughs> but good on you <laughs> i mean i i think I don't know what company it was, but I remember seeing at least the 10th Doctor's kind of like overcoat that they had for a while. But yeah, like the suit, especially because I remember seeing the 10th Doctor, the original 10th Doctor suit, um, the brown one, 
was actually made from fabric that of like, I think they were pants from like the gap or something. And they bought a bunch of these pants. And so like the pants are, you know, are the pants or trousers. I should probably say trousers. It's a UK show and pants are something different in the UK. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like the, the, the jacket was constructed from, they took apart the pant, the, the trousers for the fabric. And so like, you couldn't like, you can't even like just, they didn't even have like fabric that you could just buy and be accurate. You had to go like find multiple pairs of these, these trousers <laughs> for the fabric and hope that you, you know, the size you got was enough fabric to piece everything together nicely. And it's crazy, you know? So, uh, but I remember seeing that because I've seen a couple people get a hand, their hands on a pair of those, of those trousers. And it is, they, 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 they fetch a pretty penny. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm just curious, do you have a count for how many Doctor Who cosplays you've done? <laughs> no, I no. have no clue. <laughs> yeah. Not even a clue uh, how many, because there's so many different variants. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much I've purchased that I've never even finished. Like when the Master came out in all of like in 13th coat and all of like the the sixth yes. doctor vest and the 12th doctor like uh, all like all the everything and the <laughs> the freaking the fourth doctor scarf i'm like i have that all i have everything <laughs> i even have the celery i haven't done the fifth doctor but i have the celery <laughs> i was so excited i have so many unfinished pieces and i have no idea how many i have complete i have no not never counted i'm afraid to count i don't even want to add up how much i've spent on all this stuff how about you oh let's see i could i I probably could get a decent count i don't know off the top of my head but i've done three different romana outfits because i've done uh destiny of the daleks i've done horns of naimon which is this stupid shirt from hot topic hot topic has like not sponsored or anything but hot topic has some really funny Doctor Who shirts. A lot of them are like print on demand, but they've got some really stupid ones. So they're really great. I love them. And then I did her Time Lord robes from the cover of uh, Gallifrey Time War. I've done 50s rows, though I haven't actually worn that anywhere yet. I, I, I've done two. I've, I've sewn two different versions of the dress. I haven't worn the nicer version of it yet. Done... Library River, Green Dress River, two different versions of Missy, my Mandalorian, the Gallifreyan, me. Yeah. <laughs> I've done you me. Say you? <laughs> <laughs> well, a shielder, you know. We're getting to 10 at least. The Moment, which I love that costume. I haven't worn that costume in a while, but that was a costume that I wore to my first Gallifrey one the year that Billy Piper was there. And when I went <laughs> to get her autograph, I, I had seen her earlier in the day, but I didn't want to bug her. But I'd seen her earlier in the day. And when I went to get my autograph from her, she was like, oh, I saw you earlier. And I wanted to see how great you looked. But then I got interrupted. And I was like, <laughs> not only is she complimenting my costume, but she wanted to say something earlier. And she remembered me. Ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I found like a great alt suit for the 10th doctor at goodwill randomly for like 15 bucks that i've got i've got 13 i've got the power of the doctor 13 because like you said you know i had a a bunch of the pieces anyway or the pieces were at least easy to get to yeah oh my my jedi romana Mm -hmm. there's that weird oh my jedi 13 i'm like what i'm like what up to 16 now 
So I've got my Jedi 13. So needless to say, you're uh, in deep. I'm I'm in deep. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure I could find more if I kept Oh, my Princess Astra, which is the character that Lala Ward played before she played the second Romana. And she was very complimentary of that costume too, which was so great. Oh, my 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 fourth Doctor Ray crossover. I really like the crossover costumes I've discovered because it's fun because I can kind of pull elements in that I like and can kind of like combine them. And then I don't have to make myself crazy over screen accuracy because sometimes it just gets crazy. Yeah, I, I've got probably about roughly 20 <laughs> together. Do you have a favorite one? Oh, I, I I like different ones for different reasons, because I will say I have never felt as cool as I did as the first year that I wore my 13th Doctor costume to New York Comic Con, and I was walking down the streets in that long coat. Like, There's just something about a long coat so and cool. the breeze. Yeah, long coat and the boots. I was like, I feel really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that gets bonus points for her having short hair, so it's not in my face. Like, I love my Romana costumes as well, but, like, that wig, I don't... I'm like, I am this close to just using my own hair for Romana, even though it's darker than her hair, because I just, I... That long wig drives me absolutely up the wall. How about this? Most comfortable cosplay? 13's definitely one of the most comfortable. Um, My Jedi Romana is also very comfortable, though the, the boots that I wear are a little bit of a heel, um, but I also wore those boots. I wore those boots for like 80% of a day at Disneyland. Cause they're also my horns of Nymon Romana boots. Um, and they weren't too bad. I will say, cause there's a lot of walking involved at Disney. Um, yeah, Romana is pretty comfortable 13. It's because it's, it's boots and a long coat and pants, which is fantastic. And you have pockets. And I have pockets. Oh my God. <laughs> that is like my favorite thing about sewing my own costumes is I can put pockets in whatever I want. So there's like, there's somewhere it's just not practical to put co- to put pockets in, but yeah, putting pockets in everything is like my favorite thing. Like I might, I might be able to get pockets in that Ruby Sunday dress. On, on my end, I think my favorite cosplay might be the magician's apprentice 12th doctor yeah is is one of my favorites and also a little like one of the most comfortable too not the most comfortable but it's one of the most comfortable because i'm literally wearing pajama pants that happen to look like the pants that he was wearing and like just a t-shirt a henley a t-shirt a sweater and then a coat um so it's a little it's a little layered a little warm yeah (laughs) it's a little warm but actually the the one that's the least layered that i do enjoy also is space shark 12th doctor it was on screen i forget which episode was was on screen very very briefly uh, at the beginning of an episode, Twelve and Clara stumble into the TARDIS. Oh, he I know. The, he like the, yeah. You can mm-hmm. see the Space Shark t-shirt. Yes. Now I know what you're talking the about. The sweater yeah. and then the coat in three layers. That's it. I'm, I'm good. Like that one's very comfortable to me, too. And I do enjoy that one a lot, even though it had like 20 seconds of screen time. Yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of layers involved in Doctor Who costumes, probably just through the virtue that they film in the UK for most of the time. So, yeah. <laughs> 
I know. What, what, what's your most like least comfortable one? Like, do you have a least comfortable? For Doctor Who? Nardle. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> it's, it's the bald cap. I can imagine, yeah. Like, I had like pools of sweat just like oh. building in the back of that cap oh. where the latex was sealed because it was so hot. Yeah, uh, I loved that costume. I loved how it looked. It was fun being in it, but I do not want to wear a bald cap again. That's the only thing that holds me back from it. (laughs) It's not quite the same, but like when I wear my Mandalorian costumes, when I take the back plate off, the back plate has usually got condensation and sweat on it, (laughs) even though it's like I've got like three layers between me and the back plate. And I, for my least comfortable, it's probably the silence in the library forest of the dead river song just because that collar is so heavy (laughs) i tried making like a foam version of it but i just didn't get it done in time for the con that i was going to wear it to but the collar is um uh made with a method called pepucara where people are able to take a 3d model they put it through this program and it spits out like flat print it like you basically you print out a bunch of different pieces of paper you cut it out oh, and then the folding, you glue thing. It. The folding yeah. thing yeah so the base specifically how you say it either but I, yeah, yeah i know I what you're talking about Pepucara. yeah i might be pronouncing it wrong but so like the base of it is is that printed out in cardstock so that it's sturdy then you do um like a resin and a fiberglass cloth over top of that and then car body filler on top of that to make it smooth. And it is not comfortable. To wear. <laughs> it's a pain in the rear end to travel with too. I'll tell you that I've, I think I've only brought it to galley once, which was the first was the year that I competed in the masquerade with it. And then I've worn it to New York Comic-Con once because uh, David Tennant was at New York Comic-Con that year. And I wanted my picture with him in that outfit because it is one of my favorite episodes. Um, And like I said last week, kind of technically the first episode of Doctor Who that I ever saw. So it's got a special place in my heart. Not to mention that it's completely white costume. So I'm so paranoid about getting anything on it. Like uh, one year when I wore my Missy costume. So these days I, I, I'm able to afford a, a hotel closer to uh, the Javits Center, which is where New York Comic Con is held. But I used to stay with my aunt who lives in Brooklyn. And so it'd be like an hour, hour and a half subway ride from her place in Brooklyn because she's out by Coney Island at the time to New York Comic Con. And I had brought a water bottle with me, but I put soda in it. And because of the shaking of the subway, when I went to open the water oh, bottle, no. it got all over the costume that I was wearing <laughs> right before my picture with Matt Smith. Thankfully, it was it was like my first version of my Missy costume, so it didn't show up at all. It kind of, you know, because it was Mountain Dew, too. Oh, okay. But <laughs> thankfully, it was a dark enough costume that it didn't show up. But I'm always so paranoid about wearing that River Song outfit, that, that astronaut. And then I'd also say, like, it's not as uncomfortable as it could be. But the the Lady Me Shielder one, because it's it's her like kind of you know gown, one that she wears. Like, you'd think that having basically like a pillow tied around your waist to get that shape would be comfortable. And it is not, because like then I'm kind of having it to sit like this, so that. It's not comfortable. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it's it's 
it's what I really like about Doctor Who cosplay is there is such a huge variety of costumes you can do. You can do everything from modern day to future stuff to, you know, these Regency era costumes that we've been talking about because they're just so gorgeous. And it's just a lot of fun because you can pick and choose and you can do, you can, there's a lot that you can make and there's a lot that you can buy, a lot you can commission or just even like get right off the rack, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And the ones you could buy, I've actually incorporated them into my everyday wear sometimes. So it's been fun just having these items and being like, I just classed up my uh, wardrobe because I like Doctor Who. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I don't have a lot of screen accurate stuff because like I said, I'm, I'm mostly make mine but i do have i made my my second missy which is the from so series 10 was the last capaldi season i think off the top of my head i have the screen accurate fabric for her shirt and the little bow that she wears um because somebody was very very kind and found some and sent me some extra that she didn't need for her shirt and didn't even charge me because we were she was like here and i was like oh my god thank you because i knew other people have been selling it for like 50 dollars a yard and for a shirt, you need like two or three yards of fabric. <laughs> so um, I've got that. I do have River's dress because it, it's like one of those pieces that weirdly was just so super available. Is it the Let's, Let's Kill, Kill Hitler? Let's yeah. Kill Hitler, yeah. I just, I haven't found a good like top, the like a good jacket to go with it yet to wear it anywhere. And then I have Ten's tie from Day of the Doctor. And that's about it for my screen accurate stuff. So, yeah. And again, if uh, anyone's interested in getting into Doctor Who cosplay, we have a number of guides on templeofgeek.com where we break down anything that we see on Doctor Who that we find items for and try to post them as fast as we can. Constantly working on that. And we have other ones as well. We have a free guy one. We have uh, some items of the boys that we break down. So we're not just doing Doctor Who, it's just cosplay in general. And we're starting to wrap up. So let's get into Elizabeth's random TARDIS wiki fact. Random TARDIS wiki page we get this time. Martian Golden Age. (laughs) (laughs) And it is literally one, like, it's literally three sentences long. So I will just read that. The Martian Golden Age was the term given by the 12th Doctor to an era that, quote, might have begun in 1881 when, on behalf of the Ice Warriors, he sent a signal which was answered by Alpha Centauri, who offered to help the Empress Araxa off her desolated home planet Mars, welcoming her race to the universe. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for this week's uh, episode of Temple Geeks Who Review. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please be sure to subscribe. Leave us a review on whichever form of media you are consuming us on. And also follow us on social media for more Doctor Who content. We are available on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram as Temple of Geek. You could also visit us at templeofgeek.com for Doctor Who cosplay guides, episode reviews, news, and more. Thank you for listening, and we hope to uh, see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>